0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oratio, prayer. Meditatio, meditation upon God's Word. And last but not least, tentatio, temptation, or affliction. These are the three means that God uses to develop us, one and all, though to a different degree, into theologians, whether we like it or not. Oratio, prayer, is pleasant. Meditatio, dwelling in the word of God, is pleasant. Tentatio, what do you think? If God were to ask me, hey, Rodi, exactly how much tentatio, how much affliction would you like to endure this day? or this week, or this month, or this year, my answer would be the same, none. And in that sense, in fact, precisely in that sense, we want less for ourselves than God wants for us. We would be content to remain as we are. But as a potter with clay, God is not content with us as we are. He shapes and molds us through prayer and meditation and, yes, affliction, shaping and molding us into the image of his own beloved Son. The Father disciplines, afflicts those whom he loves, the scriptures say. Of course, how often our prayer is, could you love me a little less? If prayer and meditation are like the ingredients of a soup, then tentatio is like the burner getting turned on. And as the burner gets turned on and the ingredients begin to cook, suddenly you taste them as they were meant to be tasted. Your appreciation of prayer and the word grow all the more. Luther puts it this way, tentatio is the touchstone, which teaches you not only to know and understand but also to experience how right, how true, how sweet, how lovely, how mighty, how comforting God's word is. Wisdom beyond all wisdom. He continues, thus you see how David in Psalm 119 complains so often about all kinds of enemies, arrogant princes or tyrants, false spirits and factions, whom he must tolerate because he meditates. That is, because he is occupied with God's word. To summarize Luther's point, as you pray, as you meditate on God's word, you grow ever more closer to him. And friendship with God necessarily means enmity with the world, and of course with your own flesh, and of course with the satanic reign of the devil and all his hordes. The more you pray to God, the more you meditate upon his word, the more you become at peace with him and at war with those things that are enemies of him. there is a kind of tentatio that God permits us to experience that goes beyond the typical afflictions that all Christians must endure. Sure enough, The flesh torments us. We fight back by confessing against it and being absolved. The world torments us. We fight back against it by praying and boldly proclaiming the truth all the more. The devil fights against us, and we know that even as we fight, God promises to crush the serpent under our heels as well. There is yet one more kind of tentatio, or affliction, that is all the more challenging. And that is when God himself seems to be against you. Luther has much to say on this as well, that no sooner does God promise, and he opposes the promise. No sooner does he give, and he opposes the gift. Why would he do this? I suppose at its most friendly, you'd think of a father wrestling with his son. Not because he hates his son, but precisely because he wants his son to grow and become strong and tough. And so God wants the same for us, his son's. But that's not to belittle the intensity of the experience. Luther pointed to the text you just heard. as one of the chief examples in the scripture. God promises that Abraham and barren Sarah will have a miracle child. It's a foreshadowing of Christ who will be the miracle child of one who is not barren but one who is a virgin. God promises the child and finally brings that Promise to completion. Isaac, the son, the beloved son, is born. And then what does God do? Well, he has promised that through Isaac all the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He's delivered on the promise of that son. And now he attacks the promise, now he attacks the gift and says, Abraham, take your son, your only son, the son whom you love, and offer him to me on Mount Moriah. Abraham is a man of faith. He goes forward with the Lord, knowing that God has promised, God will keep his promise, even if it is God himself who seems to be contradicting the promise. Abraham reasons so beautifully, even if God has me slay my own son, God has promised that through this son and none other will the blessing of the Messiah come. Therefore, even as they are leaving, he tells the servants, we are going up and... We will be coming back. If the Lord sees fit that I should slay my son, then he must also raise my son. Abraham is commended for his faithfulness, not once but twice, by the angel of the Lord. As the father of the faithful, Father Abraham had many sons, I am one of them, and so are you, so let's all praise the Lord we see him as a template and pattern for the kind of faithfulness to which God calls us. Indeed, I would venture to say, without even knowing any particular details of your life, that the places in which God has afflict you, afflicted you are very often the places where it hurts you the very most. Those things that you hold nearest and dearest to your heart those people that you hold nearest and dearest to your heart, that is frequently the exact place where the attack comes. Abraham clinged to the word of God and prayed. And so also must we cling in faith and pray in faith. As you just heard, God had mercy on Abraham And as Abraham's hand was raised to bring down the blade, the angel of the Lord stayed his hand. And God provided in the place of Abraham's son a ram with its head caught in the thicket. Abraham remarks that on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. That mount, Mount Moriah, many hundreds of years later, will be Mount Zion. And what is provided there is not a ram, but a lamb, not with his head caught in the thorns, but with his head wrapped in thorns. The Lamb of God, born to Mary, laid into a manger, nailed to a cross, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The Lamb of God, but also the Son of God, who not only dies to take away our sins, But dies as the faithful one. That's what the scriptures call our Lord Jesus, the faithful one. Coming up out of the baptismal waters, God had said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. On the Mount of Transfiguration, shining with divine light, God says, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. But in the garden and on the cross, as Christ prays, there is no immediate answer. As Christ recites Psalm 22, there is no immediate answer. Oratio, meditatio, and the most extreme tentatio that any has ever experienced. And yet in faith he cries out, to the one who has forsaken him, my God, my God. If you would follow me, Jesus says, you must take up your cross. His is the way of tentatio and affliction. His is the way of meditatio, word. His is the way of oratio, prayer and his way is our way. Tentatio is the fiery trial that leads us back to prayer and back to the word. David puts it so well. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. It is good for me, he says, that I was afflicted, That I might learn your statutes. And last but not least, he says, If your law, if your word had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. We must thank God when he humbles us, for even his own beloved son came in humility. We must Thank God for our crosses, for even his own beloved Son hung from the cross. We must thank God for tentatio, for the tentatio we experience is also our glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.